All right, so um, our, our intention for today was to try to uh, address the who, what, where, why, and how of this class. So you have already figured out the where, and um, we're going to talk in a few minutes about the how and the who and, and some of the what. Um, so I wanna talk, want talk about the why. Um, and um, so let me, let me start with this. Mutually assured destruction. Today, any nuclear country or terrorist is capable of inflicting damage on a massive scale with weapons of environmental entropy. The polarized caps are waiting for us to decide if climate change is real. Rising coastal waters, intensifying weather patterns, they're all punching our one-way ticket to dystopia. By definition, not perfect. Huxley's Brave New World, Bradbury's Fahrenheit 451, Orwell's 1984. What's considered fiction? These futuristic novels are actually happening right now, and they seem to be getting worse. Yes, Miss Newton. Can we fix it? Sorry? I get things are bad, but what are we doing to fix it? Have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> All right, so that is a uh, clip from the uh, pretty cheesy movie Tomorrowland, which you should see if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a personal favorite of mine, and uh, uh, maybe I identify a little bit too much with uh, the girl in that, that scene. Um, so over the last several years, I've been involved in uh, interreligious conversation um, with a lot of different people. And I've talked to atheists and Buddhists and Taoists and Baha'i and an agnostic Muslim and um, a bunch of disaffected Christians. And a common theme that keeps coming up is the idea that Christianity is a destructive force. The idea that Christianity at best turns out people who are disengaged with the world and at worst is actively making things more terrible. Um, I've, I've also at the same time been involved in dialogue with, um, with many different people in the science and technology worlds and a lot of them will say similar things to me. They'll say, how can you be involved in this? You're a Christian, you're not interested in advancing these things, at, you're, you're following a religion that asks you not to care about this stuff. And that seems like a pretty strong, unfair criticism. Um, and it wouldn't sting so much if I hadn't heard the same thing from a lot of different Christians. I've heard a lot of Christians say something along the lines of, why work to make things better because we know it's a lost cause? Why work to make things better because we know it's a losing fight? We're not interested in this. We're just basically trying to get out while there's still time. And I've heard lots of Christians say that. I've heard it from pulpits. And I've felt it a little bit myself. 
But I think that you and I have also experienced something different in Christianity. When we've wrestled with our faith, we didn't come away with a sense that, oh, we're just supposed to disengage. That when we read the scriptures, we didn't get a picture of a God who asked us to disengage from the world or leave it all alone as if there's nothing for us to do and we're just trying to bide our time until we could get out. We get a picture of a God who asks us to be actively involved. And we see stories of people who are wrestling with God and with the world around them and with each other trying to make things better. And they struggle and they fail and they succeed and they overcome all kinds of obstacles in that process. And that's the vision that I see in Christianity. But for many people, when they, what their personal experience with Christianity has been is a negative one, is one that asks them not to care and not to work and not to do good. And when they see people on the news or they see what Christians like to get into fights about, this reinforces that notion. And they say, how can, how can there be anything else there? Um, so I think we need to change this because we've got a, a very big world, a, a very big and often hurting world that needs something and that when it looks to us, it finds in many cases nothing. It finds a, an absence of hope rather than an offering of hope. Um, and I think we need to basically have a upgrade in how we think through and work through Christianity. Uh, fixing this problem doesn't just start with us being able to say, okay, let's do more good, let's go out and do more things. It starts with understanding and thinking through what the scriptures are actually calling us to as Christians, what it is actually to be a Christian in the world, what it means to practice our faith. Um, so I, I want to um, look at uh, this passage from Galatians uh, at the end of, end of 3 and going into 4. Um, and uh, I'll put up the, the message. And so this is a little wordy, but uh, bear with me. So Paul says, Until the time when we were made mature enough to respond freely in faith to the living God, we were carefully surrounded and protected by the Mosaic Law. The law was like those Greek tutors, with which you are familiar, who escort children to school and protect them from danger or distraction, making sure the children will really get to the place they set out for. But now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you are in direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe, Christ's life the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division into Jew and non-Jew, slave and free, male and female. Among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. And since you are Christ's family, then you are Abraham's famous descendant, heirs according to the covenant promise. Let me show you the implications of this. As long as the heir is a minor, he has no advantage over the slave. Though legally he owns the entire inheritance, he is subject to tutors and administrators until whatever date the father has set for emancipation. That is the way it is with us. When we were minors, we were just like slaves ordered around by simple instructions, the tutors and administrators of this world. 
with no say in the conduct of our own lives. When the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, born among us of a woman, born among the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. In this world, being an heir was not just something where you got the money. In this world, being an heir meant that you were brought into family business, that you were brought kind of behind the scenes and shown how everything worked, entrusted with the family recipes so that you could carry on the work your father himself was doing. And this, for Paul, is the theme of the New Testament. This is what it means to be a Christian, that God was preparing us and leading us to a place where we could work with him, working to continue the same work that he was doing. And I think that this is the overall story of Scripture. From back to front, I think it's a story of a God who creates us for partnership, who pursues us in partnership, who invites us into partnership, who wants us to partner with him, who created us and equipped us and redeemed us so that we could participate in the work of creating and cultivating life, bringing new things into the world, and making the world better. I think that if we can rethink what it means to be a Christian, what our faith is really about, and see um, this theme through the entire scriptures, through our, through our entire faith lives, it can transform how we engage the world, how we engage our work, how we engage our families, how we engage creatively, how we engage the environment, um, our culture, everything. But I think it starts with understanding this concept, that God is inviting us into partnership and is waiting for us to do that. So that's what I would hope to um, cover in this class, and what I would hope that we get out of it is a sense of of, in, of responsibility and agency and significance, that God has a significant place for us in his plan and wants us to do significant things, wants to do significant things in the world through us. That's, uh, that's my hope for this class. Uh, so Nate, maybe you can talk about um, how we want to approach this as a class. Um, yeah, it's the uh, kinds of the nature of what we're talking about. And so we talked about this earlier that we want this to be a collaborative class. And, um, if it's not, we should be undermining sort of the whole idea. So, um, so we want you again to the big uh, buzzword, the big keyword in this class is partnership. So we're going to be looking for ways in which um, we can be. Um, we're, we're looking for ways in which we can um, come with new stuff, and also for you guys. Um, with us, like um, this is not more of a. Um, we don't want to be teaching you, but we want this to be a dialogue or a conversation in which we can then go out and engage in that what we're doing in the world. Um, trying to under trying to understand what it means 
partner. So I guess I want to um, ask you guys, when you guys hear the word partnership, what do you guys think about just off the top of your head? When you hear the word partnership. I think equal contribution. Yeah, equal is a big word, I think, in partnership. Mm -hmm. What else? Responsibility. Yeah. A mutual responsibility. Mutual, yeah, I said that was a mutual. Support. Support. What do you mean by support? Support one another in our goals. Okay. So like a common name almost. Okay. I think for me in the word <coughs> partnership, I think this idea of equal mutual a, a commonness and almost embodies again the idea of the church. It's cool like we're been doing that with the creator. Um, uh, what are some ways, what are areas of your life that you guys are already in partnership? Marriage. Yeah. I'm single, but I, I know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was in, to know that, um, but I know that's a huge one. Yeah, we're not going to touch on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am <know>. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just know, like, at work, for me, um, I work in the children's ministry, and if I had to do that by myself, yeah. that would be really scary. We can do that in a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what are some other areas in your guys' life? You guys aren't in. It's schools. Yeah. Uh, I'm working together with other families. Um, you know, stuff like that. Have you guys ever thought about friendship as a partnership? Um, to me, I have. I don't know. I'm sure to me, you live with other people, but yeah, family. Um, that's a huge way in which you partner to live life and go about your life. Um, I know for me, that's a big one. Um, I just got back from spending a few weeks teaching uh, teaching software, and um, I. I felt very much like that was a partnership between me and the students, you yeah. know, because I I could I could talk, but it wasn't it wouldn't it wouldn't work unless they were responding and, and yeah. asking questions and engaged. Does that make sense? I think it takes some humility. Just yeah. that you can't do it on your own. 
big one. I think my the first thing that I think of Parker said, I mean, I, I, I'm doing something, I'm, I'm doing a business, I have three other partners, and I've learned that humility is one of the biggest, you have to approach everything you do when you work with people with the mindset of humility. Um, so yeah, I think it's a huge point. Screws and whatever, 
And the guy would set them up and like he said, okay, I want you to nail this board in. And so and then the guy would go over and cut the wood or do whatever, and they'd come back and of course the kids, you know, like the board's all cattywampus, <laughs> and, you know, and all that, and the dad had to go back and redo it. But the point um, was um, when this guy looking back was that the father invited him to do it. And it became a really inefficient um, way to build his tree house. His dad could have just built it and given it to his kids. But the memory for the kids, that whole story, was that their father invited him to do it. And I think what we get from the story of Galatians and what we get through what Micah was saying was that God is building a new earth and new heaven. That's what we profess as believers in Christ. God invites us as children, small, eager, and having absolutely no clue what we're doing. God says, hey, come out here and build this tree out for me. It may take a long time. It may not be the most efficient way to do it, but God invites his children to partner with him in all our and all our messiness, and all our stupidness, and all our ignorance, and everything, and all our messiness, God says, no, I want to build this tree out with you. Because there is, there's within that, there's an act of love, and a message that is given to the world and to us, makes it sound, doesn't it? Um, I think this idea of partnering, um, that God chooses the partner with humanity, it's a really efficient, really an inefficient business for God if he wants to partner with us. But it doesn't matter because we're children of God. We're the love, we are the love of God. And um, I think that's a really cool thing when we sort of step back and look at this concept of partnering as we go through this step. God's invited us. And doing this family business the most inefficient way possible, working with us um, to bring about this new way, to bring about this new earth, um, to do this. And so, um, thank you guys for joining us. Yeah. Let's let's. Uh, I've got uh, an outline uh, for the class, uh, kind of subjects we want to cover. Uh, so I'll pass yeah, that pass that around and. Um, then maybe uh, Kyle and, and Nate, and uh, we can kind of just talk about who we are and then maybe who, who all's in the class a little bit. Yeah. I think I messed up the passing of the sign oh. sheet, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Make sure that, um, that you get the chance to put your email in there. And I've also put an additional way we can connect on this card. Uh, there's a Facebook group that I just started for this class, so if you're interested in interacting that way as well, we can do that. So one of the things Nate was saying um, about how God in the story of partnership, if you go back to creation, which is where we're going to start this class, you can see it on your outline, we're going to talk about partnering God's creation. When God made earth and several times in Genesis 1, 2, he says it's good, it was good, it was good seven times. Actually, God says it was good. And at the end, the last time, he said it was very good. And in all that, before sin even entered the picture in the next chapter, he said Adam was to tend the garden. 
So even when things were perfect, we had a job to do to partner with God. He didn't need us to do that. I mean, at this point, it wasn't a fallen world. It was a real, legit, sinless creation, perfect. But he said, I want you to tend the garden. That's why I majored in agriculture. So one of the things to keep in mind is, as, as we talked about that, I mean, the treehouse story is perfect. We're going to mess up. We're going to make it ugly. We're going to, it's going to take longer. I had a, I had a, a, a friend, just uh, a mentor of mine this week, that we were talking about the fact that, you know, people have to have surgery or people have to suffer. And why didn't God just fix it? And I think it's frustrating for us because we know what the end of the story is. And we know that in the end, if we truly believe this story, that love and God wins the story. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth, a perfect tree house, so to speak. And it's hard for us along the way to be like, dude, why is he letting this happen? And the, it's the same way when you think about building that treehouse. Those kids were messing it up all along, but but that dad would continue to straighten it up, and eventually it was complete. And so, our goal in this class, <clears throat> excuse me, is to look through these way, different ways we can partner while we look through the, the story of Scripture, and also to take that and say, how do we, in our messiness and our messed upness and our sinfulness and our fill in the blank, let God use us? He doesn't need us. He's asking us to help him. So that's kind of where we're going with that. God God does not need our help, but the beauty is he wants it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I loved uh, what you said about the optimism, uh, too, because I think ultimately that's what... Um, that's what faith is, not just the optimism that, oh, things will get better, but the optimism that if that maybe there's something we can do, right? That we actually have a role to play. And that's that's the difference between just kind of like a blind hope where we're like, ah, oh, you know, kind of a, um, what do they call that? Um, uh, Wizard of Oz kind of, what was the word there? Uh, anyway, um, where people are just kind of like, really naive, right? Um, the difference between kind of being naive and having faith is the confidence to say, you know what, if I take this step, God will be there with me and we'll take the next step together and so forth. Um, so I, I, before we go, I think um, it would make sense just to, to talk about a little bit about who we are um, and then I would love to hear more about kind of your backgrounds and how, the, and I don't know how much time we've got, uh, 10 minutes, okay. We've got enough time for a little bit of that. So, um, so my background, uh, I'm Micah Redding. Uh, I'm a software developer and, um, and I'm also uh, hosting a podcast on kind of the intersection of Christianity and, and cutting edge technologies. So we have very interesting conversations there. I like to tell people my job is to uh, provoke awkward conversations, uh, conversations that people often don't, uh, don't naturally find themselves in. So, um, so that's what I do. That's kind of my, uh, my passion project right now is to, is to work on that and just to provoke those conversations between um, really uh, the, the core of our faith and um, 
the, the rest of the world, other people who are working on big projects in the world and finding ways to kind of bridge those, those subject matters. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm a, I'm a software developer. I've worked uh, for the Dave Ramsey company. I've worked for some different places in the area. Uh, I was in Chile teaching uh, software for a little while, and that was fun and weird experience. So, uh, and I think I've been around here at Otter Creek for about five or six years now, something, something around that time. Um, so, anyway, that's who I am. Uh, Nate? Uh, yeah, um, my name is Nate Inouye. Um, sure, you guys don't know me. I've been there for about eight years. Um, I was asked to help with this class, and she can't figure out. But um, I guess, um, so yeah, uh, I, I think um, to me, it's the why, I think what sort of um, what is excited about this class is that um, the opportunity, how I am. from more of a uh, very creative mindset and uh, the idea that partnership is a creative act and um, we are co-creators and how our partners with God. We are partners in the sense that we are co-creators, I guess. Um, and so um, that's the way I come about it. Um, I'm starting a brewery in Nashville and so I do all of the green side of that and so that's sort of where I come in from the creative aspect of it and um, how we still our faith in that creative process. Um, so, to my background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I met him at the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Kyle Kramer, and I'm just, I'm really glad to be able to work with these guys. I mean, Micah is incredible. This, these words like partnering through apocalypse, I mean, <laughs> Just the idea to me of uh, 
and then going through that within a partnership of marriage and, and learning how you know something like that can kind of wedge between you or bring you closer together um, and then ultimately how that a like, crisis in your life um, which ours is nothing compared to the people that have lost kids our kid is better but a crisis can create tension between you and God um, and most of the time for me that tension was like subliminal I just kind of quit caring about this and caring about that and eventually it starts to mount up to where you're not who you thought you were um, so this idea of partnering with God now is, is the uncovering of the fact that we know he doesn't need us but he wants us and in a relationship when you're going after that girl that or that guy that you've been pursuing forever and they're like putting you off and putting you off they love that feeling, I think, of somebody just chasing after them, and, and eventually it usually works out, hopefully. But the idea in this class for me is just to learn more and more from you all how in your lives you've been able to discard the evil one and the doubts to be able to accept challenges and calls in Christ and, and, and in life. So yeah. that's all. Um, yeah, so you guys are pretty like plugged in here. Um, and I, I know some of you, but I don't know uh, a lot of you. So I would like to, to um, learn a little bit about, I know we're like running pretty, pretty close on time, but I would like to learn a little bit about um, all of you guys. So, um, yeah. What, what drew you guys to class? Yeah, yeah. What was it in the title that stuck out to you? Which it could have been like, oh, uh, like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, yeah. Chad was just asking for the Josh out. I Yeah, what what uh, uh, piqued your interest on uh, looking at the the title of this? This is really your your mission in, in the world is to to get people to engage in this work. Yeah, yeah. but I'm pretty focused yeah. on the on the conservation, environmental, yep. social side, and um, so there's a lot of other topics mm-hmm. that relate to this that we've talked about that mm-hmm. Don't, mm-hmm. that yeah. I don't really think about. Yeah. Cool. We 49 saw Kyle. We saw him up here, so we we're like, yeah. It's gonna <laughs> come to heckle the. <laughs> that's a it's a good role too. Yeah. I'll say what I'm excited about from the class. Not necessarily what drew me to the class because I'm trying to date, so I'm here. But I uh, um, even from the very first introduction, um, I what's driving within me the feeling that you guys are talking about is. Most complicated thing in partnerships is the like end goal for me, or at least in Christianity, we're just going to cut to the chase. It's like mm-hmm. 
what's the very specific thing I should do right now in my life? Or like, you know, you would love to just say, God, like, hey, what the heck are we doing right now? Like, for the next five years. So I love just to gain clarity on that, which mm-hmm. is what I feel like will happen through this, mm-hmm. this course. But it just feels like a really complicated mess mm-hmm. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And you know, it is a partnership that should be specific, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many times where like you're, you feel like you could do seven different things in your life. Yeah. All of them feel like they could be Christian, but they're not like the thing you should be doing. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, Christianity has a has a great like picture of our end goal, and then it kind of gets a little muddy in the middle, right? Like we're we're not quite sure a lot of times what what step two is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> well, I I was I guess drawn to partnering with God in a couple of different ways. We're fairly new to mm-hmm. Otter Creek. So partnering means meeting and getting to know other people, but then also sounds like um, there's some purpose um, or some action that I get to be a part of um, within this family business mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. I'm just coming to see how to be a part yeah. of that. But I'm Christy Douglas. This is Brian Douglas. I teach high school at Ravenwood. I teach art and art history. Cool. Oh, what's yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have one daughter who's 15. Okay. Oh, nice. Great to meet you guys. Yeah. What else? Any any other? Um, Anyone else who came just to throw tomatoes at somebody? Anything? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, you should do some improv exercise. Oh, yeah. I really, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, that, you know, mm-hmm. resonates with him. Right, yeah, that's... Sorry. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, uh, Ryan has just... Uh, gotten his MBA in future studies or strategic foresight which one I, f- I forget which one anyway um, and so this is this is kind of his um, uh, basically career is, is the idea of of working uh, to kind of figure out a better future to kind of work towards a better future um, and so some of the stuff that they did in it, they focused a lot in his program on weird, weird practices like improv and stuff like that. Um, because improv is such a great kind of example of, of this sort of thing, right? And there's an there's a idea in improv called uh, yes and. And the idea is that um, if, if I'm up on stage with someone else and they say, okay, I'm a bird, and I'm, I'm flying, but so now I, I don't say, no, you're not, you're actually a bear, and I'm doing this. I say, yes, you're a bird, and I am a snake chasing you, or whatever, whatever it, it becomes. So you're always building off of what the other person has contributed. And I think this is a great kind of metaphor for how we engage with each other and how we engage with God, because God is at every step of the way saying, okay, you did this, maybe it's not the best thing, but we'll figure out something better to do. We'll we'll build the next thing on top of it. And if you read through the scriptures and see the stories with the Israelites, this is what God's doing every step of the way. 
you, I didn't want you to have a king, you, but you, you want to have a king? Okay, this is the way we're going to do that, right? And um, so, yeah, I think that's a, improv is, is a weird but great kind of analogy for, uh, for this kind of idea. So I think we're out of time. Thanks so much, guys, for, for showing up here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pray one last time, and then you guys probably will be going. But I do want to pray a blessing over this class. Let's pray. Um, uh, God, Father, um, thank you so much um, for choosing to dwell among us, um, for choosing to be amongst your people. Um, God, thank you for coming back, uh, for not giving up on this world, for not giving up on this creation. And God, for those ridiculous thing, God, for inviting us to be a part of it. Um, God, thank you so much uh, for the hope that you still us every single moment. God, remind us, God, that you walk with us, that God, that you are near us. God, pray a blessing on this class. Um, God, that truth, wisdom, God, that discernment may um, come. And God, we just ask that you be present and you remind us that you are here. Um, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Read Genesis all back up. Homework. <laughs> 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 <laughs>